on this episode of the Grown Life Podcast. I was gifted with a, a black male teacher. And so he and, and I kind of got his teaching method from him. And so he will pull different things. I mean, one day we'll be listening to Outkast, you know, and stuff like that and actually dissect their lyrics and make it and, and actually talk about historical content behind some of their verses and things of that nature. And so um, I was gifted with a black teacher that actually gave us the opportunity to see ourselves in history. And so sometimes some, some students don't get that opportunity. So what's up, y'all? It's Steven here again with another episode of the Grown Life Podcast. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the Grown Life Podcast, where the purpose of this podcast is to give motivation to grow through life, love, and everything in between. Grown for me is an acronym that stands for Keep God First, Renew Your Mind, Operate in Your Purpose, Win, and then Never Forget God in Your Win. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the Grown Life Podcast. And before we even do anything else, we're going to go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you and I praise you for who you are, God. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God, and I'm praying that you would you would allow you to be seen and not us, God. I pray that you would give us the words to speak, God, but I'm praying for motivation, encouragement, and empowerment for those that are seeking your purpose in their lives. All of these things we are praying to add to your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today we have a special guest. I got my dog, Theo Moore II, here. He is the founder of Historical Vision Productions. And so I'm going to hand it over to him and let him tell you all more about who he is, what he does. Yes, man. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, I remember when you uh, first announced that you was going to start, you know, this podcast, and I've been supporting and following you um, ever since, man. And I'm proud of what you're doing and, you know, keep up with good work. But yeah, my name is Theo Moore II. Um, and this is just such an honor. And, and but I'm gonna tell you a little bit about me and Historical Vision Productions. Um, I'm from Anniston, Alabama. It's Northeast Alabama. Uh, grew up in a single parent household. Um, and it was a struggle. You know, I grew up a project kid and stayed in trouble and things of that nature. Um, but um, I was able to turn my life around um, when my father actually passed away. I knew I had to make a decision on um, what I would do um, in the future and, and create a new path for, for myself and my, for my family so they can see um something different and i wanted to be that bitch that bridge builder excuse me um and so um graduated high school i was the first in my family to actually graduate from high school let alone college and now i'm working on a doctoral degree and so um, yeah um it's it's definitely been um a struggle um because i'm the first to do it in my family and just showing them a different way and things of that nature. And, and man, I always, in, in school, I wasn't the best kid. I mean, I, <laughs> it was pretty tough, but I wasn't the the top-notch scholar in school. I was, a, I was a athlete. And so I did enough just to play football. I, did it. <laughs> I thought I was going to make it in football. And, um, and so that's how I looked at it. But I was always attracted to history um, because I was I was a curious kid. And I always wondered why majority of black people are in the projects. You know, why are we struggling? Why, why are we on this side of town? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so the only place that had answers for me was um, the actual history class. And so it, I was just so intrigued by that. And also growing up with um, older people, <laughs> being around older people, like, I love the storytelling. Um, that's something about our um, culture is that, man, we have some storytellers, man, the barbershop, beautician and stuff like that. Just being around older people, man, they can really um, entertain you with some of the stories. And so I was so intrigued by that. And I knew 
right then, you know, that I had a thing for history. And so um, I wanted to pursue that as well. Um, I had a teacher also that that really made um, history interesting. So I just pursued that once I decided to go to college. And um, and now here I am. No, I <laughs> you feel know, uh, Huh? I feel that, bro. I feel you on that for sure. Yes. Uh, and and now here I am. Uh, when I was in college, um, I went to a predominantly white school. And so there I was actually the only black male in the classroom. <laughs> in the uh, department, I'm sorry. And so that was a challenge in itself, but everything happens for a reason. And so I, through all of that, you know, I was able to, you know, graduate and I actually became a teacher. Uh, I had something else in mind in regards to history. I actually wanted to do museum work and things of that nature and, you know, uh, be work for a museum, which I am now, uh, oddly enough. But when I first, when I first graduated, really nothing, nobody tells you that it's going to be hard to find a job. <laughs> yeah, nobody tells you that. And so teaching fell in my lap and man, I did that for five years and I enjoyed it. Um, just being around kids and um, showing them the right way, giving them my testimony of what I was able to, you know, persevere through and um, just telling telling them that they can do the same. But in while being a history teacher uh, for five years, I noticed that the curriculum did not benefit, you know, people of color. Um, it was very biased and, you know, most times in my classroom, I actually tell kids, don't even pick up your book. We're actually going to do this. I really had to find resources outside the classroom that could actually create create a learning environment where a lot of cultures actually felt accepted because it was different. It was different ethnicities in my class. I had Asian kids, Mexican, black, white. And so I wanted to make sure that it was a learning environment that gave different perspectives because in the book, it really don't do that. And, um, and then it just sparked the idea that something needs to be done about this, especially in Alabama, um, especially in Alabama. Mm -hmm. A lot of our history is here in a sense. I'm not trying to you know, boost Alabama <laughs> like that. But um, a lot of, in regards to African-American history and the, and the events that took place that changed the trajectory of this nation Ooh. actually took place in Alabama with Montgomery Civil Rights Movement, Tuskegee, Selma, um, even Anniston, where I'm from with the bus um, on the Freedom Riders and things like that. And so it's just so much history here and it's not mentioned in the curriculum at all. Um, I would say the only thing that's in the actual social, the social studies book is the civil rights movement. And that is just a section of a chapter. It's not even the whole chapter. It's just a section. So three, probably like three, or three or four pages on the civil rights movement. When we know it's so much more than just that. And um, I'll never forget um, what made me go ahead and start this nonprofit, which I'm about to talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my students, I, I told my students to, to take out their book and read something. And she said, Mr. Moore, she said, I'm black. I don't read. <laughs> and I was so upset that she said that. Cause first of all, it offended me. I mean, I'm your teacher and I'm black. I mean, and and it was and it was, you know, of course, white students in there and other people in there. And um, I I'm one of those teachers that don't do stuff in front of people. I pulled her to the side once the yeah. bell rang and I told her that she hurt my feelings and um, in that you can't say that in the, in 
or whatever. So I got on to her about that. But later, I came to realize that it's really not her fault that what our children are learning in the public school system um, makes it honestly make. I'm sure it makes these students feel inferior um, to the other race. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. I mean, kid, probably white kids get to feel like they're superior because everything in there is about slavery, slavery, slavery. Yeah. You know, I feel that um, and whites actually contributing to society and civically engaged and things of that nature. And it made people feel that they have no place in politics and other and, and things of that nature. And so her saying that is self-consciously came from what we all know, because we all came through the K through 12 system, public school system. Well, at least I did. And I really didn't start learning about truly getting into my history until I graduated and got into college. And so this is what sparked me to start historical vision productions. Um, when I first started out, I just wanted to yeah. turn some of the work that I did in my graduate program, because uh, I wanted to write books, um, an author and things of that nature. And it really didn't, I was more concerned about who, where my work would land. Um, I'm one of those people, I, I need Tyrone at the gas station to know, you know, to read my stuff, you know? <laughs> and so I'm trying, huh? Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to, uh, I needed it to reach the people it need to reach. Let's put it like that. I needed to reach the people it need to reach. And so during that, so I had an epiphany because to, in today's society, especially when I was teaching, I would tell my kids to actually, um, to take, you know, just, hey, I need you to look up some definitions in the book. Um, and you know, it's worth extra points or whatnot. The students wouldn't, do not open the book anymore. They would just Google it on their cell phone. <laughs> and, and so everything is technology, videos, and a lot of kids would rather watch a video on the Civil War than actually reading about it. And so I'm the type of teacher that adjusts to the time. And so I was like, okay. How about I train, I turn the work that I want yeah. to do into short film videos to where it can touch different demographics. And so that's how that happened. That's how I started Historical Vision Productions. Um, I chose to be a nonprofit. And I tell you, uh, I chose to be a nonprofit for one, because a lot of the history that I'm covering a lot of these communities are in desperate need of revitalization. And so when we do go into these areas and do these documentaries, we actually help as well. We just don't go in with cameras in their face and things of that nature. We actually go in and actually help that community in, um, in any way possible. On top of doing the project, also, I wanted to be a nonprofit because I would rather deal with donors versus investors. Um, and so with donors, you know, <laughs> they they don't have any expectations of, of you per se. They're not looking to get anything in return or they're just giving out the greatness of the uh, goodness of their heart and they're supporting what we're doing in our <laughs> yes, mission um, versus an investor who will put money into your project and they want to know what you're doing. Hey, am I going to make my money back in, in some and things of that nature? And, and also a lot of times investors have their hand in the project in regards to what they're willing to support in a sense. And so I didn't want to do that mm -hmm. because I chose to be a nonprofit because I don't need anyone tampering with this type of history that I'm covering because it's already hidden and untold and we already don't know enough about it. And so historical vision productions, um, 
it's spelled with a Z, so H I Z T O R I C A L um, Vision um, Productions. Now, I chose with a Z because of traditionally and culturally, we uh, we always put a spin on things. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it started. I would say that Z came from the jazz era. Um, during that time, a lot of people was trying to rebirth and re-identify themselves, and a lot of times they would spell their name differently than what it's supposed to be spelled like. So, so for instance, Sam Cooke intentionally put a E at the end of his name, so C O O K E. Um, it was originally just Cook. But during that time period, you know, I guess what what we say today, uh, back then they was putting a little sauce to their name, <laughs> and so and so and that's what I did with historical vision production because as soon as you see that, and from a cultural cultural standpoint, you know, uh, you kind of can see um, uh, what perspective that this is about to go in, and so. Historical Vision Productions, I'm going to give you the definition that I, um, I'm, this is probably going to sound a little automated, <laughs> but Historical Vision, Produ Historical Vision Productions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that creates short film documentaries, highlighting success stories in African American history and efforts to motivate underserved communities and just educate the general public. Um, we also, with our short films, we also provide um, curriculums so that when teachers do show these videos in the classroom, they have a lesson plan to go with it. Um, and, and so we have programs such as education with the curriculums, teacher workshops, um, program, also community. I'm sorry, like, so community, we make sure that we're involved in the community. We give them a debut, film festivals, and we interact with the community a lot. And um, preservation, that's big. Because um, we also, with this type of work, we're also preserving our history in a sense by documenting these people that was big on the civil rights movement and other places. We're actually um, are preserving history by getting them um, in interviews and interviewing them and things of that nature. And so we do that as well. We do oral history projects for people that wants to just document, document their history and things of that nature. And so we're really big on just history and we just want to give people something different, you know, in the holiday and we have seen a lot of movies about slavery. We know that story, right? But we don't know we don't know that type of history where, you know, our people were civically engaged. They were mayors and and the first, you know, they was doing so many things, entrepreneurial spirit, building their cities from the ground up, um, like some of this stuff that um, that really means a lot to us. Because if we did have these type of stories in our history books, that student that told me, you know, hey, I'm black, I don't read, she would never think to say that because she have seen her pay, her people in a position of power or in a position of, um, of higher character, per se. And so, um, and that's what I'm very passionate about. And I think God has has shown me this. I think everything happens for a reason. And um, and this is how I got started. And um, yeah, and that goes to the Bible verse that I think we want to talk about later. Um, um, Isaiah chapter 61, verse one through four, mainly four that really sparked me because I felt that you know, a lot of these places that have our history, they they were once, in a sense, kingdoms to me. Like Selma was a kingdom 
you know, you know, Tuskegee and Montgomery and Birmingham, like for for me, like especially in Alabama, being around these once there was once kingdoms, you know, and and that means something to me. And and so when I read that Bible verse, it really sparked me to like, okay, I need to go. So I need to go back and do something for this community or show people, you know, um, the way, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes plenty of sense. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I, you you definitely said a, a mouthful for sure, bro. And I... I definitely agree with that sentiment. I didn't go. I was in the public school system, but I was in the um, private school system, and it was different, a little different for me. But this, mm-hmm. the same history, the same history books that y'all use, either way, still had the same history in my books as well. Because you know, you you see, you how you hear the slave narrative regularly, but you don't hear the the triumphant part you don't hear um black people were doing this or black people were doing that that were that were exactly. defying the quote-unquote norms of the media at that time and so for me this is something that is very very important especially you know when you when you're hanging around your grandparents and and a lot of their information was passed through by stories right and you you have yeah. those stories and, and the things that you are doing in the community, one I just have to say is hands down, very, very, very important. And you're reaching different people. Like some of the things, like I watched some of your movies and I, I never knew half of the things about those towns that I just drew, drove past through when I was exactly. living in Alabama. And you're like, wow, this happened there. And if I wouldn't have watched it, I would have never known that story. And so my family, I got family that's from Alabama. My mama was born in Alabama, actually. My grandparents and my mama's side of the family from Alabama. So I have people in those areas okay. that I understand. And and I'm like, wow, this, this makes so much sense. And I'm glad to see that. And two, um, one thing that stood out to what, what you were saying, how you, how you got to where you are is important. And, and don't ever forget that in your story because... How what yeah. I heard in what you were saying was, you were it, you were upset by the little girl that said I'm black I don't read but I felt like you can identify with that right you I felt like yeah. you have understood like yo I've mm. like I this is this is new for me this is different for me I mean college and and th- nobody else has done this before and I, I'm I'm a firm believer that that teachers especially black teachers are so vital and pivotal because what they do and what what you do even in doing this is you are giving another generation an opportunity and a chance to see something better to give them an example to be able to see it and to me that goes along with Isaiah uh, 61 verses verse 4 yeah. for and I'm gonna read it uh, real quick, so the people know what we're talking about. And it says they re- mm. they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore mm. the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been de- devastated for generations. And if that <laughs> doesn't speak to what wow. you do, I don't know what exactly, does. exactly. And that just hearing you say it, um, yeah, that's it. Gave me chills actually because. That you that is everything to me, and that's my calling. I feel, I I truly feel that's my calling. Oh yeah, and so and, we we gonna jump. We jumped into it already. We already here. So since we since we own this topic, I I got a little bit more to add, and then I want you to talk more about um your calling, and then what are some things that that you're doing now? I know with this coronavirus or whatever going around, but what are some things that you that that you're doing in the community, but also what can we do to to help you and to, to help push this mission forward? So I'm gonna get to that in a second, but okay. first, I definitely I after reading that verse, I definitely understand it because and this is just something that's laid on my heart and laid on my spirit. For me, it's you are helping to rebuild generations of generations of generations of things that were dead to us. Right. We don't know about these cities. Yes. We don't know about these communities. But what that does is it also robs us of our history. 
right? It rock like for exactly. me right now. I'm reading through Chronicles in the Bible, and you see how what happens like over time, like generations and generations and generations forget what's going on and forget what happens, and then somebody comes and tells them they're like, "Wow, this is really what's going on." What <laughs> like like this is what we've been missing <laughs> exactly. this whole time? Uh okay. Yeah, and so. With that, now, now I want you to get into when did like the first question I always gotta ask is when did you feel like this like starting this five hundred one c three foundation? When did you feel like that was your calling, and how did you know for sure that it was your calling? Um. Well, I knew my passion was was always in history and, you know, and so that's why I pursued it in college. And, you know, um, how did I know this is my calling? It, it, it just spoke to me. So first of all, I'm going to be honest because I, I fell off for a moment in regards to my faith. I'm not saying that I didn't believe in God or anything like that, but, you know, as you as you go deeper into history and and learn about how people use religion as a weapon to suppress others it it really do something to you and i was in limbo for a moment honestly speaking oh that's real and yeah i mean it, it's just hard to stomach that that's what it was you know and so um, so I was, I was in limbo for a moment and then, um, and then, you know, I went to church, me and my wife went to church and, you know, the preacher said something to me because he said, I got some, I don't know what <laughs> stuff happened in mysterious ways, but he was like, I got something for you, for you historians out there. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and so he was like, so so many people try to attack the Bible. The Bible. Excuse my countryness. <laughs> yeah, trust me, Excuse I'm from the country my... too. You good. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, a lot of people have, have tried to attack the Bible. And, and he was like, there's going to be a new ideology that's going to try to attack it. And there's going to be something else. And then it's going to be something else out of there to try to attack the Bible. But he's like, but the Bible never changes. It is actual documentation and stuff like that. But he, was, he, he said it in a way that really was for me because, because I was looking at man and the mistakes of man versus, you know, the actual... The actual um the word and so um i bounced back <laughs> i bounced back and you know i was a t i was still teaching and stuff like that but something just stirred in me and i just knew that was my calling um because i love history but i want to do it in a way where it impact the people that it needs to impact um because we have a lot of lost people you know, yeah. um, we have a lot of lost people, and just not from a religious standpoint, just from a cultural standpoint. Yeah. I don't think I, I think we're forgetting, you know, what's essential to us and what has gotten us this far. And so we we drive in, in Alabama, we drive by places that was so monumental to us being here and actually having the freedom to do um a lot of things now and so um those are a couple of things that actually spoke to me that actually made me know that that was my purpose but i will honestly say i'll i've been it's been stirring in me since a kid mm -hmm. I, I think i kind of knew due to my situation and having to grow up fast and having making that decision when my dad actually passed away um that I was going to go a different route 
Um, I think that was it. And I already knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to have an impact on other children and other people um, through history, through my passion. And so that's what led me on this road. And Lord Jesus, this is crazy. <laughs> Trust <laughs> me. It, it's because it's coming into fruition and it's kind of scary because I was like, golly. Um, I've been I've been having visions about all of this for a while. And I get on my wife's nerves about it, actually. And so that's why the second part of it is vision. So historical vision production, because I, I, I have been getting these visions for a while and and seeing how this is going to impact this state in regards to what I'm doing. Um, and so the what I'm doing, especially the content of the films, it's undeniable. The the information that's in those films yep. is undeniable. It, it's just stuff that makes you get up and make you want to do something. It's very motivational. That's Ironically sweet. so, you know. <laughs> I get it. And yo, so I want to touch on a few things that you said. So and this is for me in my calling and my purpose. I get it. And one of those things that I hear people say a lot is that I guess Christianity is a white man's religion and they use it to weaponize things. And one thing that you said that really stuck out was <laughs> one thing that you said that really stuck out to me for for real, for real, was just that you had to you were looking at the humanity and you were looking at the people part of it, but you weren't looking at it from God. And yeah. I know how important that is because sometimes, and I, I just have to make sure I say this, sometimes our testimony is so important and, and us doing what we're supposed to do, us living in our purpose is so important because sometimes we're the only Jesus that somebody else will see. We're the only Bible that somebody else will read. And so many times exactly. people base Christianity or people base, base God off of what they see in other people. And so... For me, when you said that, I'm like, yo, that makes so much sense. And that's such a real a real thing and a real statement because so many people are led astray and so many people are lost in that way exactly. based on that. And I know history goes the same way because for history, that history portion of it, right, the history portion it's, of it. I, I, can, I, actually, I, I totally get why people are like <laughs> are upset because I was lost for a moment. It was just stuff that I was reading and researching that you really, <laughs> you yeah. really uh, get lost for a moment oh, yeah. because it's that, it's that heartbreaking, you know, um, it, but after a while, after you look at it for, for a moment and you got to just learn how to switch your gaze, yep. switch your gaze over a little bit to the left and see, um, that you know people use things for evil yep. you know uh, i'm thinking about the book of eli right now <laughs> yeah and and how if it gets into the wrong hands it can it can do damage yeah and there's and so another powerful and, point in that movie too that book of eli movie which is that he he committed that it to memory and the and i think the difference in what you're talking about is People may use things for evil, even Christianity or doctrine or whatever, but the relationship with God makes the difference, right? Like, so I know for you, and you you haven't explicitly said this, but I can see it, and, and I can see how God has been working in your life from a very, very early age. He knew exactly where you would be doing this at this specific time, and I know that you are called and meant to do this based on the work that you do, based on the passion that you have for it. And history working in the way of, I want to get this one, help the communities that people don't don't see. One, I, how I knew this is my calling and my purpose was generally because it was not for me. For me, is I guess a lot of people want to get accolades and things like that, but the majority of it is I really want to help the person that I want to be, help me when I was going through what I was going through, right? And for yeah. you, it sounds like you're doing the same thing. It's like, yo, I really want to help the the communities, not just not just give information, but I want to go in and help the community as well yeah. 
because what what good is it to learn the information and extract that history from that community, but not help build the community so they can tell their exactly. own story as well? And it's kind of hard. It, like if you if you have any type of heart or whatnot, it's kind of hard to just leave. So when we actually decide that we're going to do a project, we spend a whole year with that community because you just can't leave because it's just so much going on. Um, when I finished at the, the Hoffman City from Pair of the Promise film, um, when I actually started that, that the process, um, the mayor was actually in court trying to get the state to recognize them as a city uh, because they were incorporated in 1899, but due to racism and redlining, somehow their documentation is not at the state legislature. Wow. And so, right? And so in two, two, 2019, this woman is in court fighting to get a zip code and to get this state to actually recognize that this is an actual city, the first city to be entirely governed by African-Americans in Alabama, and is not recognized by the state. Yeah. And so when you hear stories like that and you sit down with the mayor and she tell you everything that she's faced with, you can't just walk away after that. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just can't, you know, uh, it's just so much that has to be done there. And also, a little side note, I'm actually from there. My family is from Hobson City, Aniston, that area. Mm -hmm. And so my father side of the family actually grew up in Hobson City. And so everybody knows my family and stuff like that. And so uh, it was definitely you no know, turning back after I started that project. And so, yeah. Yeah, to your point. Oh yeah, and so and and I I love it, bro. Like I'm gonna just say that outright. I love it, bro, because I think for me I had a similar experience. And history is not my thing by any means, and so I appreciate the people that enjoy history and can do history like that because you didn't see because you didn't see yourself in it. That's probably why. Yeah, like it's just, I mean, it was a lot of people. Exactly, you know, a lot of people. But I I was gifted with a, a black male teacher, and so. He and and I kind of got his teaching method from him, and so he will pull different things. I mean, one day we'll be listening to Outkast, you know, oh, yeah. and stuff like that, and actually dissect their lyrics and make it and and actually talk about historical content behind some of their verses and things of that nature. And so, um, I was gifted with a black teacher that actually gave us the opportunity to see ourselves in history. And so sometimes some some students don't get that opportunity, you know. Yeah, and I I think for for my experience, I went to a a small private uh, all black elementary school from like pre K two to sixth grade, and I uh -huh. saw they basically it, like we learned everything about black history and all of that. And for me, I history history isn't for me because I just. It just doesn't excite me like that, right? <laughs> now, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. people that I, <laughs> I learn about in history, like, the great orators of the time, mm -hmm. in my head, for me, it's like, yo, how you had a following of millions of people. The Literally, the Million Man March is not just one person. It's other black men that are great orators as well. And you had a following of millions of people with no internet, no social media, just by word of mouth and traveling around. That to me blows my mind and excites me to a different level because it's like, yo, one, where God leads you, he'll provide for you. But then two, and in all of this, and I'm going to bring this full circle and then we're going to go into our be thankful segment. But mm -hmm. with like white hair is like, um, I forget, it's a, it's a verse in Proverbs, but basically is saying like the aged or the older people have the wisdom. And one of the things that you're doing, I know as bros. We hear it all the time, bro. Go hang out with the eighties, bros, or go hang out with whatever, bros, so you can learn oh, yeah. something yeah. from them. Yeah. But the same thing goes for life. Like for me, I love to sing, and my grandmother sang 
all these old hymns that I realized were never written down. And then so I, I learned some of the history behind that. And I'm like, yo, the call and response was not because they just like to sing stuff eight times, but it's because during during that time, most people couldn't read. So you had that one or two people that could read and they would sing it and respond to it. And so yeah. learning that and even learning history about something that excites you is important. Like you, you doing this document, these documentaries and these things about these communities, one that you're actually in and two that you, you, ha- you feel a connection to is important and I'm appreciative of it. And then also the history and you teaching our children and teaching even us adults what has happened and what's going on. So you're changing and rebuilding and restoring and encouraging the narrative of us not being a people that were just downtrodden. And then we're always trying to constantly rise up, but we were successful. Exactly. So (laughs) exactly. We were, we are, are successful and we can do this and all. And I'm a firm believer that all they need, all our children need sometimes is just a glimpse that someone can do it or the glimpse of hope that, Hey, this can be done. And when that happens, Mm -hmm. They're, they're there. And actually, before we even get into our our be thankful topic, I got I have a question for you. And this is just a personal question I like to ask, bro. But yeah. if you could give your your 22 or 23 year old self any advice, what would it be? And I know that kind of goes back to the history, right? Thinking back on your personal history. If you can give yourself your 22 year old or 23 year old self any advice, what would it be? Um... 22. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Um, I was probably, uh, okay, uh, I was at Troy University, and, you know, of course, I'm probably, uh, I think I'm three years in the frat at that time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would say, and I think, honestly, probably that, probably my, I lost myself again. (laughs) You know, um, you know, uh, sometimes not to knock the divine nine, but for me, you know, after I crossed, you know, I got lost in my, um, what my purpose was. And, you know, my grades, my grades dropped. um, And it, it was getting, it was getting out of hand. And so, um, Man, I'm just so lucky just to hear stuff. Uh, I think I, I forgot what took place, uh, but I came I came to realize that you know I have to put God first and you know school second and things of that nature. I had to get my priorities in order. But um, but I would tell my myself is like look your visions are prophecy. Mm. And if you just keep doing what you're doing, they're going to come true. You know, um, I'm living it right now. (laughs) You know, so that's real. And yeah, so that's what I would say is like, uh, man, it, it is. I mean, and don't, and I would also say, don't get discouraged. Um, a lot of the jobs and a lot of things that's going to take place in your life is, is going to give you the weapons to do what you need to do later. Um, and so everything happens for a reason and don't get discouraged and things of that nature. And so, and because my favorite story in the Bible is Job, you know, that's the type of, that's the type of life that I was kind of, I'm not gonna say just like Joe, but things was taken from me yeah. at a young age. You know, my father, you know, you know, lost my mother to drugs for a minute, but she, you know, she bounced back later on in life. But it's just a lot of stuff was just taken from me, and I had to grow up real fast and all the other type of stuff. And it gets discouraging after a while. But you know, for me, um, you just have to. You just have to. I use. You just have to use it as fuel and just keep pushing and keep believing. 
Oh, that's real. Bro. I'm gonna end it right. I'm gonna end it right there because that's another that's another hour <laughs> hey. if I get if I get deep into it. Trust me. And I and to, I got to man, you you drop some gems for real. Your visions are your prophecy. And that's that's something that hits me hard, man, because a lot of times you get discouraged because you you have this dream or you have this idea that you want to do, but it's like, yo, I don't I don't know how this is going to happen. And, and a lot of times it's just you it's not for you to know how it's going to happen. It's for you to to believe in that vision, believe in the believe in not just not the vision, but believe in the purpose person that gave you the vision. Believing in God yeah. to that he will see that see that to fruition. And then two, I'm gonna just say this. If you if you if Job was one of your favorite stories in the Bible, I know you went through stuff, bro. Cause <laughs> like that is <laughs> that is a whole that is a whole nother thing in itself. But that advice that you gave, I know I've been through that same situation in college where it's like, yo, I, you lose yourself and you become bigger than what you think you're going to be and, and all of that. But you, what it does is it shows you who, what your priorities are, what, the, what your priorities were, but it yeah. also shows you what your priorities need to be. And with that, we're going to go into our be thankful topic. Yo, I really got to thank Theo for this for sure, for sure. And Theo, man, just for the people, what is one thing that you're thankful for, man? Um, man, I mean, without really saying, man, I'm thankful for my family, you know, my wife and, you know, I got a, a, a 21 month year old coming up, but what? yeah, um, he, uh, he, I, his name is Theo Moore third. Um, and I'm just thankful for my family and us being in the, in the situation Despite the the pandemic and everything that's going on right now, I'm just glad to you know spend time with them, and uh, never take it for granted. You know, I lost my father at a young age, and um, you know I know how important it is to be around. And so, uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for good health. Um, I'm thankful for. Um, I just thank God, you know. Hey, <laughs> hey, let's, hey. let's go there. You oh, know what I'm saying? That. So, man, because you know, man, he he has showed up, man. When you know, at the right time, and sometimes I know it's him. You know, mm. I feel in my in my opinion, you know, I think God is somewhat of a comedian sometimes. Oh, yeah, funny, you know, and <laughs> because it's just you know, sometimes I just fall into opportunities that's just crazy <laughs> and i just start laughing because i was like god bro i like god stop playing bro <laughs> hey trust me you're not stop the only playing. one like, like like chill out right now like you know i was doing this and now you want me to do this uh okay or you know so you know i'm um, in it was a time like i don't take that for granted because it was times man where i grew up where it was no options yeah and now I have plenty of options, and and that's and that, I'm just grateful for that, man. Because I'm telling you, like I still have family that did that thinks they have no options, and they resort to violence and you know going down the wrong path just to get by the day. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that's the world that I, I came from, and so I'm just thankful for, that God just gave me options. I feel that, bro. I you know feel that. Saying? When you said something, you know what, man? I just thank God. I was like, yo, I feel it. I, I feel you on that, bro. <laughs> I feel you on that. And I think for yeah, me, man. I, I'm on the same sentiment, man. Not taking family for granted. Not taking um, anything that is that is set in stone for granted. Not taking that the feeling that God gives you of peace. Not taking that for granted either. And so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to go ahead and pray. And I always pray for my grown cast family, man, because it is so important for to keep all of us lifted up in prayer and especially my mm-hmm. grown cast family. And then after that, we gonna I'm going to let you tell the people where they can find you at and then we're going to close it out. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you and I praise you for who you are, God. I pray that you would bless Theo and his family, especially his son, Theo Moore III. You have great things for them in their lives. You have great things for Theo Moore III as well, God. We're just speaking over his life right now, praying that you would to touch that child and bring him up in that way, God. Thank you for Theo to, to be there for him in that way, God, and be there for for him 
and I'm, I'm praying that you would continue to bring blessings his way continue to to move in his his direction move in the way that brings him closer to you God but also that you would allow um, his vision and his purpose to reach the people that not only that he wants to reach, but that you want him to reach through it, God. And I'm just thanking you and I praise you for that, God. I'm also praising you and thanking you for the grown cast family. I'm thanking you for the healing that you brought to my father as well. And God, we just continue to thank you. And we're praying that you give that motivation, encouragement, empowerment to those that are seeking your will in their lives. God, we just thank you and we praise you for all of these things. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Amen. Theo, man, go ahead and tell the people where you can they can find you, man, so we can pub you, man. Oh, yes, sir. You can find me um, in the club. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny, man. Yeah, that's super funny. All right. Uh, you guys can find me uh, at Historical VP. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Historical is spelled with a Z. So H-I-Z-T-O-R-I-C-A-L-V-P. Um, please subscribe to my YouTube YouTube channel, um, Historical Vision Productions. You can see our latest projects and old projects that we have done in the past. Also, we have a new website. Um, so visit us at www.historicalvp.org. Of course, the, not, it's not with an S, it's with a Z. Um, and so that's how you can find me. Um, also, we are 501c3 nonprofit. And so these projects need funding that I'm trying to do. Um, the upcoming project that we're doing is Africatown in Mobile, Alabama. Um, this is the, the story about the last slave ship that came into the U.S. and transported, you know, these slaves. Um, this community was able to, they only spent five years in slavery because, you know, of the Civil War ended in 65, 1865. And so these Africans was able to keep their language, um, their customs. They actually know where they came from in the tribes and things of that nature. This is the community that's directly co connected to Africa. Um, and it's a beautiful story of how they was able to um, thrive um, in this state during um, Reconstruction. And so that's a project that we're working on right now. And I thank you all. And um, I'm going to quiz you, Steven. All right. What Theo mean? Theodore. You know what I'm saying? What Theo mean? Theo? Oh, that's uh, the... So we talking about, like, theology? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? God? You feel so, it? Yeah. So, Steady of God. Yeah, so uh, Theo means God. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when I found that out, I wanted to change my name for a minute. That was pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> so hey man hey thank you please make sure y'all go follow follow theo and everything that he's doing make sure you get some of this history learn something man go learn something from him and yes, before sir. i please, get up out of here i gotta i gotta say it like this man hey whoo always 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 remember that to live the grown life you must what keep god first thank you Keep God first.